We often speak of people and animals in similar ways. Think of a soldier with the heart of a lion, a guardian with the watchful eye of a hawk, or a schemer with the deceitful nature of a weasel. These are all examples in language of how we explain and understand ourselves through animals, as different as we may be. In many Native American worldviews, though, humans and animals are not so different. Across North America, stories are told of Coyote, the trickster that operates like us in the space between the animal and the divine. Coyote is capable of amazing feats through his wit, and of terrible disaster when he takes his tricks too far. Traditional coyote stories are not just entertaining, though they are. They teach us about ourselves and the great things that we can accomplish. And they warn us what happens when we take things too far and our luck runs out. My name is Sean. Welcome to Mythos and Logos. Native American stories were not traditionally written, but told, with coyote stories told in the middle of winter. Thankfully, storytellers like the Salish woman Morning Dove have kept these stories alive in our very different modern world. One story that she told begins with Coyote out wandering about, bitter and hungry for revenge. So when he comes across the skull of his old rival, Buffalo Bull, he sees the perfect chance to unleash his frustration. He remembers the majestic buffalo, king of the plains, and how the coyote would be left to scavenge for leftovers. And while he may not have killed his rival, coyote kicks his skull in the dirt, spits on it, and dishonors it in just about every way possible. Sure, Coyote did not make the kill, but he is overjoyed at outliving his rival. And this is all in good fun until Coyote turns his back and hears a bold and powerful rumble. Buffalo Bull is back, and needless to say, he is not happy. So Buffalo Bull takes chase across the plateau of the Pacific Northwest, and Coyote is just about exhausted when he calls on his spirit helper to aid him. Three trees sprout in the path. Coyote swings on the first, which is knocked down with a mighty ram by Buffalo Bull. The second tree meets the same fate, but by that time, Coyote is already perched in the third. With nowhere left to go, Coyote turns to his wit instead of his speed. He asks Buffalo Bull for only time enough for one last smoke from his tobacco pipe. And Buffalo Bull grants this last request, and as Coyote puffs his pipe, inspiration comes to him. What if the clever Coyote were to fashion Buffalo Bull some new horns, better than his old and war ones? After all, it wasn't Coyote who killed Buffalo Bull, but the usurper Young Buffalo, and with some new horns, Buffalo Bull could reclaim his place as chief, and Coyote could live another day. They agree to the terms, and with his new horns, Buffalo Bull is about to take back his herd. 
And when he does, as thanks, he gives Coyote the youngest cow in the herd, telling him that he will never go hungry again. As long as he takes a knife and trims off just a bit of the outer fat, the cow will always heal and live to feed him another day. This arrangement works well. Coyote returns to his country in the west, sustained by the fat from the cow. But then Coyote grows tired of subsisting on fat, and he craves meat, marrow, and liver. Far away, back in his own lands, how would Buffalo Bull know if he were to take just a bit more? And besides, the cow recovered from each cut of fat, so why wouldn't she be able to grow another liver or some new bones? Coyote makes his kill, but crows fly down and scavenge every bit of meat. He begins to boil a soup with what is left, but decides to rest and let a woman cook for him. When he wakes, she has run away with every drop. Coyote decides that he can at least make some use of the cow's bones, but when he looks, they've all turned to sticks. So having lost his feast, Coyote ventures back to the east, decides to use his wit to get another gift from Buffalo Bull. But Coyote is shocked when he sees the young cow next to the chief, alive and well, and having told him everything. Coyote is sent back west with nothing. And that is why even to this day there are no buffalo in the area around where Coyote lives. As we know it now, the Columbia River Plateau. Now we have seen how Coyote uses his brains against his opponent's brawn, but what happens when a trickster gets a taste of his own medicine? That is what happens in this Dakota story, when Coyote meets the spider trickster Iktomi. Now the remarkable look... The remarkable Dakota woman Zitkala Shah somehow found the time between activism for her people and writing the first Native American opera to collect her traditional stories as well and share them with the outside world. All of her work was to show that her people were not so-called savages, but had much to offer to the world as a whole, with this story being a prime example. Zitkalasha's story tells of Iktomi wandering the Great Plains when he finds Coyote lying dead in a sagebrush. The spider trickster is overjoyed. He can have his dinner without needing to do any work. So he ties Coyote up and puts him on his back, carrying him across the plains. But if you've dealt with coyotes, you'll already recognize the trick. Like a possum, they'll play dead in the face of a threat. Coyote opens his eyes while on Iktomi's back and feels more like a king than prey. After all, he's the one getting a ride while the spider being is struggling to carry him home. When Iktomi does arrive at his den, he sets Coyote down and starts a fire to cook his meal. And while Iktomi does the work, Coyote lays back and enjoys the warmth. And when Iktomi finally throws Coyote in the fire, he jumps up, kicking embers, scattering flames all around. Iktomi runs to hide, afraid of the ghost, and Coyote escapes 
finally able to stretch his legs while the spider is too tired to catch him. Coyote proves the wisdom in not interrupting your enemy while they're making a mistake, and Iktomi learns the lesson to never leave a job half done. Now, it is easy for us to take the comforts of modern life for granted. Beyond wonders like electricity and the internet that are allowing us to communicate right now, even something as simple as a grocery store would have been unbelievable in the past. A story from the Karuk, native to Northern California, tells of traditional struggles and how a clever spirit can overcome them while still reminding us of the limits. The story begins in an ancient time when people are hungry, longing for food and a fire to cook it. They travel from the California forest to the desert to find Coyote, persuading him with what little food they have to help them. If they had fire, they tell him Coyote could have a cooked meal, and if he were to help the people, they would honor him with feasts any time he wanted. Now, life as a hunter in the desert is difficult, so Coyote is happy to agree. He comes up with a plan to steal fire from the old women who guard it. And because he's an outsider unknown to the old women, they wouldn't recognize his tricks until it was too late. So Coyote disguises himself and enlists the other animals in the perfect heist. He approaches the women in disguise and asks to marvel at their fire. And when Coyote takes a torch and runs, they're quick on his tail until he throws that torch to the squirrel. Now, the squirrel is singed by the flame, which we can still see in their dark tails today. But before the women can catch him, he hands it off to the frog. The frog hides the fire in his tail as he dives underwater, and though he loses his tail, he carries a lone ember to the people. And this is enough. From that ember, the people fan a great flame from which all other flames come. The people are overjoyed, and even to this day, tadpoles shed their tails in honor of their great ancestor. So the people and Coyote enjoy their cooked meal, but there's still not much food to go around. So Coyote does what he does best, sneaking into the old women's lodge once more to steal the key to a dam. And now, with the rivers flowing free and salmon aplenty, the people host a great feast with Coyote as the guest of honor. Coyote is proud of his success. And as always, pride comes before a fall. If he could steal fire and free rivers, why stop at earthly things? His mind is set. He wants to dance with the heavenly maidens of the stars. Night after night, he howls for the most beautiful star maiden. And perhaps she's impressed by his dedication, or perhaps she grows tired of the noise. But either way, the star maiden offers to carry Coyote up to dance with her. She takes hold of Coyote, carrying him higher and higher. The view is remarkable but soon his paws grow cold. Miles above the earth, he can no longer hold on. And Coyote falls down, down, down to the earth below. No matter how clever he may be, 
Coyotes cannot dance with stars. Each of these three stories is one of many, many traditional tales that are told, with Coyote only one of a plethora of figures all around North America. But they are perfect examples of a traditional type of storytelling. It communicates the great things we can do, the tricks we can pull, how sometimes it is beneficial to be clever, but also lets us know not to push our luck too hard. Coyote does some wonderful things, and people are better off for having him. We enjoy fire. We enjoy salmon. We enjoy these stories. But we need to learn to be careful, lest we, like Coyote, reach too high. Lest we try to dance with those stars as well, and feel that our little paws get all too cold as well. These stories tell of our limits, the ways we can challenge them, but how we always need to keep ourselves grounded. And so these storytellers, through these legends that are still told today, prove their point. The vast amount of wisdom that is within these traditional stories in traditional Native American and other cultures around the world. It is my hope that you will join us here as we share many more. As for our next story, we'll be heading to Russia. But if you enjoyed this one, there are a number of more Native American stories on this channel, as well as tales from all around the world. Fans of Greek myth especially will have a lot to enjoy. Either way, I hope to see you there. And thank you very much for making it this far. Thank you to Patreon supporters for your support. I'll see you in the next one.